whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Women in Gridiron. Unfortunately, this week we don't have a full panel. It's just me and our special guest, Alia. Stacy has gone off and had her beautiful little baby boy a week early. Little Lucas is so gorgeous. Can't wait to meet him. Um, the other girls unfortunately can't be with us. They have some other sporting commitments that they've got this afternoon, but that is fine because Alia is an amazing guest and she's going to give us some insight into what she's been up to in her football career lately and where she all started. But first off, warm-up question. Alia, tell us, why did you start playing football? Because I feel like everyone has a different, you know, background and a different reason to coming and joining the sports. What is yours? Um, so I started playing football. I think I filled this report, but I was playing rugby in Australia in 2017 uh, for Waverley in eastern suburbs. And yeah, around the end of the season, it just finished and body was a bit sore and I had a teammate say hey why don't you come out to a gridiron practice um, or training and I was kind of a bit resistant at first but she wore me down and got me over there and I just remember uh, going to my very first I was with the UNSW uh, Raiders at the time and so came up to one of those uh, trainings and just it was love at first sight. (laughs) I love that because I feel like for all of us it's kind of like within our sport it's a word of mouth like it's who you know who's played the sports or just getting out there we don't have a lot of um exposure in terms of gridiron in a show when you talk to other people about it they're like oh I didn't know women played and all that kind of stuff so yeah being able to have that connection with friends to come and join you to a sport and it is once you start playing you absolutely love it like there's no turning back so it's like combined a lot of sports I played before and it kind of was that nice transition sport for me to kind of learn something new it had so many different aspects like the mental game the strategy behind it um, trying a new position, which, you know, was daunting itself. I mean, you've played quarterback, so you know that first year is pretty much the worst year ever. But it's also a lot of fun because it's, you know, it's something Learning new. Learning something new, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Now that we know why you started, we'll jump into our all-ball segment and you can tell us all about yourself. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? It's what we dream to do. It's not just a man's game anymore. Go, go! Doesn't matter how you separate us, we're still one big team, and that's for women's football. It is in our DNA, spiraling through double helixes. It courses through our veins. Through this blood, we are connected. Football is our family. All right. So in this All Ball segment, we'll take a deep dive into your entire sporting history, where you've been, where you're going, what you're doing right now. So starting off, you said that you played rugby before joining Gridiron. Was that the only sports that you'd kind of played before becoming a Gridiron player? I've had a couple other sports. Um, Growing in Canada, I grew up playing ice hockey and I played rugby in high school and then picked it up again probably around like, I want to say 19, like around like that 2015, 2016 year in Toronto. Um, and I think rugby is a really good transition sport for a lot of great arm players because there's so many skills that co- like correlate and kind of gets you in that contact. And um, basketball is another sport that I grew up playing and played, you know, in the last couple of years as well. Um, prior to coming to Australia, I didn't have been played as much in Australia, 
but yeah, no, I, I've played a few sports and they, <laughs> they've all sort of helped in some way or another in different positions. It's or... to say you've had a pretty, pretty awesome athletic background coming into gridiron and all of those sports, I feel like are pretty key contributing factors into like playing gridiron. Like you don't realize the skills that you play in other sports translate into gridiron so easily, depending on what position you play, you know, whether you're a quarterback, a receiver, you know, a linebacker, all of those kind of defending, catching, throwing. And I coordinate together. contact. I think I always leaned into sports with contact. Yeah. Um, I had a bit more of a bigger build growing up and I was a bit more athletic. So I like throwing my body around and, and hitting people. So I think some sports more than others, I was more physical. So oh, I love that kind of that perfect feel where you really can use your body for your advantage. A hundred percent. I feel like it's one of the only sports that um it you be super aggressive in every single play that you play. Like it's definitely you, have to be. you, have you do. I think I had a teammate told me the other day she's like one of our roommates and she's from Mexico and she was like kill or die. <laughs> I was like that's that's pretty you know that's a good attitude to have at the line. So that's pretty much exactly what it's like on the field. Like if you aren't killing someone, someone's yeah. trying to kill you. Like it's yeah. the way the game goes. So speaking of the game, you started playing um in 2017 for the UNSW Raiders and you kind of jumped around a little bit and moved through a couple of teams and ended up um, the president at the Central Coast Sharks and was able to build um, quite a successful and um, competitive team up there for the women. How was, how did that all go for you and how did it all start? What was, what was the um, focus going up to Central Coast? Yeah. So, I mean, it sort of worked out really well. So my best friend at the time, Rachel, she lives in the Central Coast. And so we'd been the quarterbacks for New South Wales in 2018 and Joe's told me to come up here we'll start a team together but it was this lofty dream that we didn't really think would ever amount to much because a lot of girls actually played on other teams in Sydney and they, they would travel I think Northwestern North Phoenix was the one where a lot of the, the coast girls went to um, so then I ended up going into GP training and the one spot I got was actually in Central Coast Manning so as soon as I got that spot that spot I'd ranked it highly enough um, and I told Rachel, I'm like, yes, I'm moving up to the coast and it worked out well. And so we decided to go ahead and make this team together. And she decided to join the army and <laughs> let me try with this new little area with this apartment that we just supposedly lived together with to start up a team. And uh, it was quite challenging because, you know, again, didn't really know much of the land. I had a few friends here and there, but it was, you know, getting the word out with radio and TV and, and having a couple of crucial vet players that were in the area that, you know, helped along. Um, I was never the president of the club, that's Luke Charles, but I was um, the vice president at one point, I think, and sort of the VP women's or the head of the women's team. But it was kind of nice because I think after jumping around from a few teams and having been on some rugby clubs, um, I really wanted to foster that sisterhood and that culture, all-inclusive culture and, and make it a place where people enjoy training and no drama, but just all, you know, that, that really close-knit team. Um, and we were just really lucky that we had such a good group of girls both years of, you know, we had the team go up and running and sort of saw that progress where we had that retention, a couple of players would bring other players. Um, the first year was a bit of a mishmash. We had everywhere from, I think, oh, we had a 16 year, but she ended up leaving. <laughs> I think we had just a big range. We had a lot of women in their thirties and forties joining in and, you know, moms and, it, and they tend to be a little bit more injured because it's a very high intensity sport. Um, but then the following year, we got all these soccer athletes coming along and it, it changed the, the face of the, the team, but the essence was the same. Um, I think we wanted to, to have fun and also be super competitive. And 
really proud of what we accomplished at the Central Coast that even though the men's team didn't happen both years, we had this women's team that was, you know, growing substantially in numbers. And I think that's what's the most amazing part for me is the effort that you put in. I feel like we need more of you around our sport to be able to put these teams together and advertise and get these girls in to come in and want to play because that's, I think, the hardest part is our retention within Mm -hmm. our sports and being able to build because, you know, in New South Wales, for the past few years, we've had teams come and go, you know, we had, you know, we were really successful at the start and then we had a couple of teams drop off and a couple of new teams join. So it was really hard to have competitiveness between all of the teams within the draw because of that. But I think what you've done at the Central Coast Sharks with that team and with those girls is amazing to be able to retain it and build it without the support of, you know, the men's players or the Colts players, like to have an individual women's team that is as, as successful as, yeah, it was yeah, amazing. It, I would take all the credit. It was definitely was a village. You know, we've got of players course. like Kylie Travel, who's just like a vet in her own, that, you know, got the line going and also played both sides of the ball and had that intensity that she brought to it. Um, we had like Jordan, who's in the area that was helping coaching, we had Ben Gregson, Darren, Darren Mitchell, you know, some of our coaches that, really like they didn't have a men's team. So they just threw all their football love and knowledge into our team. Um, And I think that, yeah, when you get, you're the club and you're the only team in the club, which is the first time for me anyways, you do get all the attention and it's hard because you also don't get, you know, we didn't have a home game the last, the last season we had just because we didn't have a men's team. And it's, you, you, you miss out on some of the stuff. It's, it's, it's obviously we don't have the same resources, but the culture was really good. And I think that's, that what's, that's what makes playing fun is when you have a really solid culture and you have girls that generally enjoy the sport and want to get better. Yeah. Um, so we just, we don't have enough. And I've heard you guys say it on the podcast. We don't have enough coaching resources. We don't, you know, we're, we're spread so thin in those areas. Yeah. It's a constant battle. Speaking of, you know, your first year and your struggles of recruiting and stuff like that and players end up playing both ways or multiple positions. Let's talk about the positions that you have <laughs> deviled in and played within your career of football? Because there's been quite a few. I know you started out as a quarterback, but you've played a few more. Let's, can you give us some insight? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, like I say 90% of the time I played quarterback. So I think from year one to season four, it was all mostly that. Um, at State, I think I dabbled in a little bit as a tight end, maybe some running back in there. I think we sort of had some big injuries happen and just got thrown in and to help. And being a strong ball runner, that was kind of an advantage to, to being put in the backfield. Um, here in Denver, I'm sort of, sort of competing for the tight end spot. We had, I came in and there were four quarter, like I was one of four quarterbacks. One of them is on team USA and <laughs> the other one has probably played, you know, for six years. So we, the, the this competitiveness was super steep. Um, so I sort of, uh, try, I was in that camp for a little while and then I sort of switched over to the tight end camp. Um, and that's also been a challenge because I haven't really played 11 men football, especially in a position that I have a bit of experience playing, but not really at a competitive level. So it's been a journey. Um, you know, you come over with all these expectations and then you sort of have a have a reality check that it's a lot. It's a, you're, like I think one of the girls from the UK said it best, like being a small fish in a big pond, you know, versus being a big fish. In a, in a smaller pond so it's been a very growing and learning experience but at the same time I've had some amazing you know amazing time as well so but yeah I'd say quarterback tight end um, I think I've done a little bit of running back fullback but I'd say primarily quarterback would be the position I've done the most of 
mostly on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned being over in Denver. Can you tell us, you know, what it's been like, how you got there? Like for those that are listening, you know, there might be some players out there that are thinking about jumping, you know, overseas to have a go and play. Um, what, what, what was it like for you? Yeah, so I mean, I think I was similar to a couple of the other girls um, over in Mississippi that there was a league that we were supposed to, we'd all sort of signed up for, and it was this the WFLA and this professional league that was dangled in front of us and sounded too good to be true, which it really was. <laughs> and um, and then after that, after I think 18 months of training for that, thinking, wow. I'm going to go over and have this incredible experience because I think it was around the, you know, July 2020 when I'd signed with them. And I'd like, you know, said, okay, well, I'm going to take a year off from work and go over there and have this experience. And it never happened. It was like the, the, <laughs> the train that never left. Yeah, it happened, but it it just wasn't, the league never took off. So, but I spent that whole time training. I was part-time working as a doctor, but like full-time working as an athlete. And at the end of it, it was last November, October, November. And I was like, I just don't think I have it in me to not go now. Um, It was a big sacrifice because coming over here, knowing that I wasn't going to be making an income, leaving my GP practice. So, you know, I don't have a regular job I'm pursuing a you know finishing off my medical career and taking that time off and being without income um although I've been thankfully being able to work some telehealth so I'm doing some I'm still working now but for a little while wasn't working but that still it was a big decision and but I just I couldn't imagine not going I think I'd put too much into it and I definitely knew I wanted to go to the states and play um, I wanted that higher level football and just to have that experience and just sort of check that off and at the same time you know my dream since 2017 has been to play at the next world <laughs> I'm sure just like you like it was something that a seed was planted oh, back in that first practice or that, that first training Unicelli Raiders when half the girls showed up with with their outback stuff and I just thought I want that in four years or five years whatever it was. well it was four years at the time but yeah and uh and it's kind of crazy that next week I get to sort of finally you know take up that opportunity whether it happens or not the journey's been incredible to get to this ultimate dream so but yes coming to the U.S. The goal was to get that experience so that when I went to Team Canada tryouts this year, I'd be able to compete and I'd have that much more experience and and I would have been submersed in football enough that I would go there and it, and it would be, you know, I'd be on a better, I guess, footing than if I had 100%. to say. Yeah, because being in the States, as much as, you know, we do have quite a good league over here, over there, football is life for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the amount of resources, coaches, facilities, all the things that they have over there for their women's team is phenomenal for you guys to be like, it's an opportunity you never want to pass up because you are going to learn so much from coaches, players, and also playing 11 aside as well. Cause we don't do that in New South Wales. We're venturing hopefully this season. <laughs> nine. nine aside yeah. league. Yes. Hopefully. The only, the only time I did nine aside was at the 2018 nationals. Like yeah. I've just really played seven aside football. Which so is it crazy was, to go from seven to 11 well, aside. And, then, and as a quarterback, you're just like, okay, this is a lot more to know and read and different defense fronts. And it, it was a huge shock, but at the same time, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be because I'd had such good coaching along the way, like between yeah. Bryce and Dane and Ben and everyone spent so much time teaching me about the defense or giving me the resources to learn on my own. And I was a bit of a, a, a football nerd. So I would read up on things and, and I came over here and it was kind of reinforced, but now it was live. So that was a bit of a, it's still, I think it still actually is a challenge for me is to read, is the defensive reading as a quarterback. Because I've always been more of an athlete to the. So much to read, especially with that 11 aside, you go from reading kind of the box and like your yeah. DBs 
And how many safeties, which is usually just one. Like, <laughs> yeah, like one safety DBs who usually yeah. came in in seven aside to a boxer. And when we play seven, well, I don't know if we do anymore, but we used to have to nominate a blitzer, which we don't know. Yeah, you don't get one in the backfield. Yeah, so like the read go from reading four players to reading like 10 players. So it's definitely a challenge, um, yeah, going from that transition. But I assume that being over in the States has definitely helped you with that transition into 11 aside. Um, that and the, the coaching. So I, even though I was in a <laughs> quarterback court, um, I had already started working with a quarterback coach here and they have this little academy, Jenkins Elite, and I was loving it. I'm like, you know, this is like, I don't really want to give this up. I'd rather just go, even if I'm not competing as the quarterback spot for my team, just to get better at this position that I've spent so many years playing. Um, it actually has, but it has helped, you know, like even though I wasn't getting reps of practice at the time, I was still getting better as a, as a quarterback, fixing those mechanics that I've been, you know, shot putting the ball for so many years. So we've now fixed the shot put. It's not there anymore, which is a big accomplishment. Um, but I always rely on my run game. And I think it's kind of nice to now have a, a better pass step than to have a better arm. And, you know, it's, it's still, a, it's one of those positions you could play for years without actually mastering. It just takes year after year to get better at it. But hundred percent, you're constantly learning, no matter how many years you've played, you are still learning and I don't think many people realize how hard it is to play quarterback like it's very very the ball to (laughs) accurate and have distance throwing the ball like it seems like it's easy because you know you just pick the ball up and you just throw it but I really it's not that easy like so much more to it than people even think I'd love it if it was just like all just about having a good arm or just being like you know Especially not start talking mechanics and yeah, you know, and, and motion and back backfield and yeah, knowing all the playbook, knowing everyone else, and actually an eleven man playbook. There's so much more timing that's involved. Like so many different inside runs and outside runs, and it's it's been it really enjoyable from that point of view. And like we were talking about playing in the states, it's it's just elevated my awareness. Of, you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, the level here is such a higher like degree of complexity in advance that it's kind of it's made me enjoy football more I love that um, yeah being like being a student of the game but it's just it's knowing that much more detail and getting to play at a higher level I was like telling you like even in practice today like you're against a defense and it, every day it's like war out there like I think that sometimes it feels like the hardest game I've ever had in Australia doesn't even compare to a practice I've had here because the defense is they they're out for blood like you hit one person the wrong way and they're just after you like two seconds later so it and there's no hard feelings but it's because they're just playing their hardest everyone's trying to get a spot on the field I feel like uh, sometimes that's one thing we are missing in Australia is that you know practicing like you're playing because I feel like once we get to games especially for rookies you know, that have never played before and don't know what it's like to play full contact at full pace because we don't really get an opportunity to do it at practice. So, Yeah, and and even competing to get reps, like, you know, I think we take it for granted that when we have so few people coming to practice or so many few people on the team, I mean, it might be a bit different on the bigger teams that have like 20-some people, but I've primarily played on teams that have been quite small or I've been the only quarterback, which is nice because I've never – worried about not getting reps but now just to get reps like you need to make it count you drop the ball and, and you're out next person in so it's it's, it's because it makes you rise the occasion but it's it's actually like it's super competitive and it might just be my team that there's 60 people in it's you know everyone's fighting to get their inch of playing time but yeah. wow 60 people that's crazy I mean it'd be nice 
to have backups and people on the sideline for, you know, if you need a rest or if someone gets hurt, you have a reliable backup because I don't know what that's like either. Oh, I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't always rotate in, right? Like, so your first and second string, they're, they're, you know, going back and forth. And if you're a third string, you're, you're sitting the, right in the pines, like or on the bench, which again, super frustrating. Yeah, it does make you work hard. And I think that's probably how my experience here never has been is it, I feel like I've been grinding the whole time, just really like busting my ass to like earn, like earn some time on the playing, on the playing field. Um, you know, I'd love to say that I've been killing it out here lots of minutes, but in reality, like it's been a grind and it's good for like, it's good and it's been frustrating, but it's been really good. Cause I think for me as a human being and as a person, sometimes you just didn't have that adversity to appreciate one, what you've had previously, but also to make you grow as a person, as a player. Yeah, not 100%. I agree. Totally. Speaking of growing and learning, you've been over there and grinding and you're about to go try out for Team Canada for the world. So you're playing coming up to play against all of us panelists or I not know. Many, I know it's like well, look if it all goes to show it'd be great because I think game one is USA or is Canada versus Australia so that will be knowing half the team hello <laughs> but no I don't like you know I don't want to to count my chickens for their hatch like I've it is the dream it's something I've been working really hard to but you know I think I was looking and there's a hundred and some people going to this camp in Ottawa there's like 11 quarterbacks I'm flying over on Wednesday my mom's going to come join me for two nights because I was like, come visit me because I'm so close. Um, and then the camp starts Thursday night and it's two, you have two practices on the Friday, two trainings on Saturday, and then the top 70 get a play in the red and white game. And then they pick wow. their 45, 45 man roster, I think the week after. So it's a pretty quick process, but. It is quick. Yeah. And I think, are you, what positions are you going to trial for quarterback or are you going to stick I think to it? Will. So I think I want to kind of go, my strategy is to be a hybrid athlete. Um, I think that I seems that. to be the advice that I've got from lots of people is that, you know, they might not pick you, they might pick you for a position knowing that they have your other capabilities in there. Um, yeah. So I put myself down for quarterback tight end and I hopefully will get some H or fullback reps as well. Looking at another playbook they've yeah. released. Um, there's six, I think six tight ends trying out and 11 quarterbacks. So, you know, <laughs> so I started having to catch my bets. I think my bets will probably be better as a tight end, but, you know, maybe that makes me more valuable if I, if I can demonstrate that I've got some quarterback abilities or. A hundred percent. Well, I think we are. Ready. Run the ball a few times. And I think that'll be, that'll be my, my, my selling point, but. Yeah. Just know, go out, be super aggressive. Do you, yeah, just show every single asset. Be like, I am an asset. You want me on your team. Like, I can bring this to the. Do you know any other girls trying out? Like, do you know any other Canadian players? Handful. So, I went to the Team Alberta tryouts in 2020 um, for the Canadian Nationals. And that was right before the pandemic. So, it was like February 2020, but before everything stopped. And I'd made Team Alberta. It's funny because I went as a quarterback. By day two, they moved me to slot receiver to like a Y. Um, and then I ended up, we ended up doing, and I ended up making the team as a running back, which I thought was hilarious. So I hadn't done a single rep as a running back, except the Oklahoma drill, which I love. So, um, I think that's, you know, I made the team, but I met a couple of the girls during that tryout, which was kind of nice. So I do know a handful from that tryout two years ago that I believe will be there. Nice. But it's, yeah, I still feel like I'm a bit of an unknown because I haven't played in Canada and I haven't, you know, been in there. No one either. knows you over there. You're kind of like a no name coming over with my red and my orange and green bag and (laughs) well I'm sure that you will surprise them all and be amazing um all of us here at the panel are rooting for you and fingers crossed you come out successful 
Um, we're kind of running out of time. We've um, kind of run out of time to chat all things gridiron. So we're going to wrap it up with a quick rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. So this week in our rapid fire, we're talking DB nominations for our all Australian teams. You know, we've covered a few other positions in the last few weeks um, and we're wrapping up this, this kind of segment of all Australian picks. Um, Alia, I know you haven't really been around many other states to know DBs um, within the sport and it's a tough position, you know, for us, because like you said, we play seven aside in New South Wales. So there's, three dbs on the field for each team it's not a big pool to pick from but what are some of the standout or who is a standout player for you that you've noticed in that position yeah for sure so i've got one that i played with in 2019 and that would be beck gordon so she played for central coast sharks sally got injured but i believe she's now been chosen for the outback training squad which is amazing because she is such a talent uh just super fast and just great hands you know i remember her running even though she could be a wide receiver, she's played over in the States as well for Omaha in the LFL league. So she is a talent that people, and people don't realize when she comes down in the tackle, she just goes for blood. Like it's impressive. Yeah. I've played a couple of times and she is super aggressive, super strong. She's got a great read on the ball too Mm. in that position. And like you said, she comes down so quick um for me a similar player um also from the central coast is emily cook i believe she has a rugby league background and so afl background she also has some wheels on her she's so super fast she has a great read for the ball you know she can be playing 15 yards deep and be able to come down and make a line of scrimmage tackle because she just has that ability to come Mm -hmm. down fast and make those reads super quick um, the girls um, who aren't here with us wanted to throw out a couple of names of nominations. Um, Haley Peterson from Queensland, Pierre Pritchard, who's dabbled in the DV, DB position. Nona Hu, who's played for since 2013, is classic <laughs> DB position. Um, and Renee Target also, you know, called out for, you know, her speed and her ability to read a play in that position dominating the NRLW world at the moment. Yeah, she is. She's killing it. All right, guys, that is all we have for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Ali. Alia, it's been amazing learning about you and your career and where you're up to now. No, it's been great. And I think I've been been an avid fan and follower of this podcast. So it's kind of nice to to come on as well. But thanks for having me and catching up too, because I haven't seen you in ages. I love that. We appreciate your support so much. Um, for those out there listening, if you like this episode, give it a like, download, share, subscribe, and tell us all your friends about Mojo Sports. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated team and I are trying to build something a little different here so everyone's support is very much appreciated continue to support the podcast download subscribe check out our social media channels give us a follow and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best kept secret this is Mojo Sports
You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.